My name is Paul McKenzie. I'm a candidate for Reno City Council Ward 4. Um, I'm, uh, uh, I was born in Nevada. I'm native of Nevada and born in Elko County. Uh, and uh, I've lived in Reno since uh, 2001. I'm an employee of the uh, Building Construction Trades Council of, of Northern Nevada. Uh, I've been in this job for about seven years. Um, representing the construction workers in Northern Nevada. And uh, I uh, felt the need to run for the, the Reno City Council because we have uh, a need in our community at this time to uh, find a new direction uh, to improve our economy. And uh, so uh, I thought that uh, now is a good time to step up and, and take a leadership role and seeing if we can redirect the the community so that we can improve the, our local economy. Great. So what is your vision for Reno? We, we need to, uh, to diversi diversify our, our, our local economy. Um, we've been kind of a, uh, a narrow, uh, a narrowly based economy that, uh, we've tried to, uh, to, uh, survive on gaming, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, the tourist industry. And while we can't give those industries up because uh, it's a major part of, of uh, historic Reno, Nevada, we need to uh, find ways to, to uh, diversify the economy so that we have a more stable uh, economy that's not uh, so volatile with the uh, changing economies of the states around us. And how do you want to help us get there if you're elected? Well, we're not going to get uh, other industries to to come to our to our city until we, we until we get our our economy stabilized to a certain extent. Um, one of the the things that we saw during the uh, economic downturn in in our area, and it's continuing today, is that we're exporting a lot of our revenue out of the state. Um, what I mean by that is. When we uh, invest taxpayer dollars, uh, give abatements, incentives, or um, or when we give assistance to a developer to develop a project, and then they bring uh, contractors and workers from out of state to do that work, um, that money's not reinvested in our local economy, so it's not well invested money. Uh, we need to assure that when we invest our money, when we spend our dollars, uh, that they come back to our economy and improve our economy, or we're just wasting money. Um, the uh, uh, if you drive around town today and look at the construction projects that are going on, um, almost all of the big public works projects that are going on in the city of Reno, which the major ones right now are, are the University of Nevada and uh, the RTC project, the, the bridge over the Truckee River. Those contracts have been issued to out-of-state contractors. The general contractors are from out-of-state. A lot of the workers on those projects uh, on, and subcontractors on those projects may be local contractors, but if you've got a $24 million job and the general contractor's making a 6% profit on that job, that profit is leaving the state. 
it's not going to be reinvested in our state. Uh, the uh, uh, subcontractor who has a $100,000 job that's making 6% on the job may be reinvested, but that, that, that uh, 6% of the $24 million should be reinvested. So as public uh, officials, we need to look at those, uh, those numbers and see that where those reinvestments are going to do the most good. Uh, a local contractor that's paying property taxes, paying uh, employee taxes, uh, that's buying equipment in, in our town, that's, so they pay sales taxes on that equipment, um, that invest in the, the community full-time, are going to put more money back into our local economy than a contractor that comes here to do a job, take the profit, and go back to his home state. We need to address that issue at the city level, and we need to try to influence other organizations within the uh, within our sphere of influence to do the same thing, to, to consider the fact that we're trying to rebuild our economy, not Arizona's economy or Utah's economy or California's economy when we invest our public money. Do the companies you are building hire the out-of-state folks themselves? Is that how that happens? Well, the, uh, the process that all of these projects, that these big projects are going on right now, the ones at UNR, uh, the two big building projects that have gone to a, a contractor from Minnesota and a contractor from Arizona, and the uh, uh, RTC project that went to the contractor from Arizona. <coughs> Those projects were done under a process in the in the that's called CMAR, which is construct construction manager at risk. Under that process, the uh, awarding body, the body that owns the project, uh, the ones up the university is the uh, the Board of Regents actually own those projects. Uh, the one over here at RTC, which is being paid for with our gas dollars, our taxes on our gas dollars, um, they can select a contractor not based on uh, on whether they're low bidder or not under those processes, but rather who gives the proposal that's going to be the best for the for the uh, the owner of the project. The consideration that those people should have made, in my mind, when they awarded those projects was how much of this is going to get reinvested in our community? How much of the dollars that we're going to spend on this is going to be reinvested in our community? How much of it is going to help our, uh, our future? At UNR, um, the uh, two contractors up there uh, probably don't send any kids to school at UNR. Um, they probably don't send any kids to school in the Washoe County School District. Uh, neither does the contractor that's doing the bridge over the Truckee River. They're not reinvesting in our education system. Uh, they're not paying property taxes. Um, the equipment that they're using, uh, if, they, uh, if they brought their own equipment, is, uh, is equipment was bought in another state, so the sales tax wasn't, there was no sales tax paid on that equipment. Many of them don't have enough employees of their own to uh, be required to pay uh, the, uh, the uh, state tax on employees. The, uh, um, they're not putting a full-time investment back into our, uh, um, our unemployment system, our uh, workers' comp system, because they're here for a short time and then leave. Um, it's, it's, uh, and then the profits from those jobs are going to leave the state. And, and be reinvested in their businesses in the state that they come from. 
that's something that the awarding bodies on those projects uh, should have looked at when they awarded the projects and uh, and said, okay, here's a, <clears throat> we should be awarding these to contractors that all that stuff's going to happen. We're gonna, they're going to reinvest in our community. There's a, the normal bid procedure on public works projects is a, is a, a uh, it's called the, uh, the low bidder, responsive, uh, responsible, responsive bidder. Uh, but none of those projects, none of these big projects were awarded under that bid procedure. So they can't claim that just because they were the low bidder, we had to award it to them. These were uh, under request for proposals where they gave a proposal of how they would do the best job on the project. Um, so, the, I mean, we can further address that in, uh, in the city of Reno uh, by defining uh, what a responsible contractor is in, in our, in our uh, bid procedures so that we can uh, make sure that those responsible contractors are helping the local economy. If they're, if they're uh, considering a, a contractor that's responsible, one that, that uh, puts back into the local economy. There's uh, state laws that give preference to Nevada contractors. Um, those those laws are are uh, are very um, broad, uh, and if you look at those laws, the out-of-state contractors that are working up at UNR are considered Nevada contractors and get the same bid preference as a contractor that actually works, lives, and invests in our community. And uh, while that's a legislative matter to address. We can define that in our bid procedures, in our in our purchasing, to to narrow that to where we can be more selective in, in selecting those contractors. Great. So, and the next question, which is kind of like a bit of a brain jump, I guess, what is Reno's current image, inwardly and outwardly? If you consider those different, like people locals see it some way, and do tourists see it another way, or is it the same thing? I I think that Reno's image that. Uh, that we project uh, outwardly when we try to draw people to uh, to Reno is is not quite as narrow as, as what it is in in Las Vegas, but um, we still try to project the gaming uh, perspective for the the reason to come to Reno. Um, I think that there's been a, a, some change, some minor change to that, but I think that that still seems to be the main direction that that the uh, convention and visitors authority. And if you drive uh, in other states and look at billboards that advertise Reno, it advertises gaming. It doesn't advertise uh, the many other things that we have to offer here in Reno. So I think outwardly we project that we're, this is a, a city for tourists to come to and, and spend their money gaming. And, uh, and I think that while that image, why we can't get away from that industry because it's a big part of our, our life and our history, that we need to, to modify that image to make people uh, come here for different reasons than just gaming. Uh, gaming should be a side uh, intent of coming to Reno, not the main intent of drawing people to Reno. If we, uh, and I think that a lot, of the, a lot of the citizens that live here in Reno um, still think of Reno as that we're, we're a gaming town. 
but you see more and more, you talk to more and more people that because of the things, activities we have downtown like Art Town and, and the things they have up at the lake, that uh, cultural stuff we have up at the lake, that, that we can be more of a cultural center. And, and, and I think people are, are uh, the locals are enjoying that change. And um, that kind of relates to a couple of your other questions. Uh, the, uh, the one about uh, the casino employment uh, why it's declined and the food and the food services has increased is we're bringing less tourists in for gaming uh, and we're and our locals are enjoying the downtown more because we've got things like the river walk and and the small businesses downtown the small restaurants and and stuff downtown that uh, that the locals feel more comfortable going down and spending some time at than going and and putting up with the casinos and the, and the noise and and crowds in the casinos. And mm -hmm. um, did you already answer your, what you think it should be in the future, or did you have a more specific answer for what you think the image should be in the future? Well, I think that we, I think we need to broaden our image. I think that while we we, we can't get away from gaming, we the gaming needs to be here. We need to, to present the image. <coughs> One of our our main uh, focuses, I believe, uh, for as we move forward, if we're going to if we're going to draw people to our community, the image that we need to produce is that this is the Tahoe region. It's not, um, it's not Reno. It's not Sparks. It's the Tahoe region. And uh, I talked to a guy uh, early in my campaign that that made a statement that's kind of stuck with me. Uh, and it, it's it's interesting that we don't hear it more often, but. Um, Reno is one of the few places in the world that you can uh, go skiing in the morning and play golf in the afternoon. <laughs> and uh, we've got some, some very unique uh, um, things that we should be, be trying to pitch to people rather than just come here to go gaming. And, and I think that, that that image needs to be changed. That, and I think that we're getting by a lot of the softening of downtown with the, the, the new small businesses downtown that we can change that image to where people don't need to just come here and stay in a casino and, and game in a casino. There's other things that we need to advertise out that people can do and reasons to come here. And then the gaming tables are just a side benefit of being here to do the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I have other questions about that, but I'm, I'm going to go in order. So we'll okay. circle back to that. Um, so what role, if any, do local brewing distilling businesses play in, in what you just described? Well, I think that becomes uh, part of what that industry wants to become. Um, I spent uh, a number of years in the military, and I, I served in, in Europe. Uh, and the Europeans, uh, the Germans in particular, uh, from about May until November, uh, they have a series of, of uh, beer fests and wine fests. And those are uh, they're events that aren't just to show up and, and, and drink, although that's what most of us did when we were in service, but they were cultural events as well. And, and there was, uh, the people got involved in the process of the of the making of the uh, the beer or the or the wine, depending on the festival, you get uh, it gave 
different people in the region the opportunity to bring their products there and, and put them on display and sell them and and uh, that's very much something that we could do here in Reno if that's what the uh, the industry but they're the ones that are going to have to drive that if if the industry wants to um, to to uh, create events like that I'd be very supportive of that as a council person because I believe that Again, that gives us a reason to draw uh, people to Reno besides just a game. Um, it, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, in, in uh, conjunction with uh, maybe the Art Town events or something like that, to have, uh, have events where we have um, kind of a, a festival of the, of, the, of the brews here in town. The, uh, I think we have a couple of... Uh, events in the state right now where a lot of the brewers get together. I haven't participated in any of them, but that's something that if, if the, uh, the industry is, uh, is interested in expanding that, they're the ones that are going to have to guide that expansion and, and they're going to have to determine um, uh, what part they want to take in, in uh, the local economy and, 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 and uh, good. Um, so then another topic changes kind of, okay. but similar. There's a lot of little topics that mm -hmm. all tie together in the end. Um, the University Town Concept Plan, which has an official name, but that's what most people know it as, um, to connect the university with Reno, the, how does that fit with the really adult-oriented downtown, whether it's casinos, liquor, um, any of the things that we have going on in the different districts and corridor? Well... Um, when I was uh, a youngster, uh, a number of my of my friends came to UNR for to go to the university, and one of the big draws to University of Reno was it was a party university. Um, I don't know that that necessarily provides for the best education, um, but that is something that a lot of people that uh, a, a lot of universities. Uh, the students in a lot of universities look at. Um, as far as tying the, the downtown and, and the university together, um, I mean, the students are gonna go to the areas that they feel most comfortable. If you give them easy access to those or, or give them a community with those areas. And again, the improvements that have been made downtown uh, with the small businesses and, and around the the river walk and, and the stuff that we've done downtown uh, in the last years, um, those give areas that the students can feel more comfortable in without uh, quite being the going to the gaming and stuff. What we've got to work on is is infill in those areas between the university and those downtown areas. I'm not sure that the idea of building shops and and uh, restaurants and stuff in between the university and downtown, I, I'm not sure that that's the best idea, because if you do that, then they stop before they get downtown, and those small businesses uh, downtown will lose that uh, that traffic. Well, I think what we need to do is build something that is. Uh, associated with the university in that area that we need to infill. There's there's a huge area there. It's called the Tessera um, area. Um, they made a, uh, um, 
a tourist uh, area out of it several years ago so that they would be qualified for special tax incentives and stuff to, to infill that. There's been a number of industries, uh, high-tech industries, have shown an interest of building in there. Uh, one of the problems we have is that the university isn't very cooperative with somebody building something like that, um, and then, which is, to me, is a perfect. If you're going to build high tech, uh, you got a university there. You're 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 generating students that have an interest in that, and you're going to put a high tech area there that possibly has opportunities for them to work or or to learn in. Would be a perfect uh, win-win for both the city and for the university, but the university is very resistive to that to partnering with anybody in there. Um, I think that that's something we need to work on. We need to work with the university to uh, try to pique their interest in in letting private industry come in and create um, some areas where we can benefit the students in in that section. Uh, between 6th Street and the freeway and build that up into, into a, um, an area that uh, is, is uh, going to benefit the students, benefit the city, but not necessarily as I watched the video that, uh, that uh, you guys had on your website that the city of Reno put out about, and one of their ideas is to build that into areas with shops and stuff, and I, I think that that will pull business away from downtown and I don't think we want to I don't think we want to do that I think we want to try to work our business back downtown one of the things that I've heard uh, people talk about and uh, talking with people during this election cycle that was something that I hadn't really considered in the past but it, it sounds like a, an idea that's workable for everybody is to create the Virginia cor uh, corridor is a light transportation area. In other words, take the cars off Virginia Street and uh, make that white walker friendly, bike friendly, and maybe run a, a bus line or a trolley line up and down Virginia Street to service between the university and uh, the river down there or down below the river so that there's easier access down there. Um, and we've got one of our major problems in downtown Reno is parking and uh, that would eliminate the need to have the parking meters downtown we we should can uh, do perimeter parking areas and then try to uh, not eliminate the traffic into the parking garages at the casinos but try to keep the cars off of that Virginia Street area and make it more friendly to, to pedestrian traffic and biker traffic we close that area down for almost every special event anyway because we know that we can't have the cars in there and have the special event. So maybe a, uh, an idea for improving that tie from the university to, the, to downtown is to make that a permanent fix and, uh, and make that more friendly for students to walk down there and, and spend time downtown. Yeah, that worked really well for Fremont Street in Vegas and it's mm -hmm. also really effective on 16th Street in Denver. Yeah. So that's an interesting idea. Um, so this kind of ties back to what you started to talk about with the um, the RCVA and the marketing. So maybe I'll loosen up the question a little bit, but it says, would you bring attention to the local brewing and distilling businesses in the city through government-supported advertising or marketing with the city of Reno or Reno Sparks Convention and Visitor Authority? And, and again, I think that that's dependent upon what the industry wants to do there. Uh, if the industry wants to work to create events 
to drive pe draw people to the city of Reno, then we 100% need to support that and help help that industry uh, uh, with the advertising of it. Um, we advertise all RCA, RSCVA advertises all types of events that we that we hold in the community, um, and uh, and I don't think it's any different. I mean, some of our best events uh, in the city are actually not city organized events. They're not RSCVA organized events. Uh, hot August nights, uh, street vibrations, uh, different things like that that we have that draw huge crowds from, from out of town that help every faucet of our economy. They help the gaming industry, they help the, the food industry, um, a lot of gas taxes <laughs> for road improvements. Um, those, those events, we advertise them as a city, we advertise them. Uh, we, we work closely with the organizers of those events to make sure that they come off good. And there's no reason we couldn't do the same thing with, with the local brewing industry if they, uh, if they believe that, that they can put together an event like that. And, uh, it's foolish for local government not to support any industry um, that wants to create an event that will draw people to our city. One thing that I know for sure is once people visit Reno and spend a little time here, um, they don't, it's not uh, if they're going to come back, it's when they're going to come back. Uh, so the more things we can have to draw people here, um, the, uh, the, the better we can uh, um, improve that, uh, our image. And, and we don't want to... Uh, we don't want to turn into the uh, to the the beer festival center of the world because uh, I don't think that that's any better for our image than than trying to claim that the, that this is a game the center of the gaming industry. But uh, we need to work all those different things together to to bring people with different interests to our community because once they've come here and and caught a spice of the life, it's. Uh, uh, they they like to come back. Um, so Reno and Nevada as a whole have really loose open container laws. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're not driving, it's basically whatever you want. And Las Vegas recently passed uh, unanimously passed an ordinance for the, the entirety of Fremont Street, not just the experience, but the whole thing. They said no glass containers. So do you think that Reno laws are in a good place, or bad place? Do you think that anything needs to change there? Well, open container laws and, and public intoxication laws uh, create issues in their own. Um, and and they create public safety issues. Uh, uh, they create uh, litter issues. Uh, they, uh, uh, but those are issues that, that we all understand. And, and uh, when we have events where we know there's going to be, uh, like the crawl events and stuff, when we know there's a lot going to be a lot of people out moving between uh, facilities and, and stuff, our, uh, our public services and public safety in the city of Reno have been very good at, at coordinating to make sure that that doesn't become a major issue. Uh, I've gone downtown the day after a crawl, and there's not litter all over the street. Um, we step up police uh, 
activity downtown when we have events like that because inherent to intoxication is is uh, is conflict um, and we know that that's going to occur we address the issue up front and just the presence a lot of times is enough to deter the the issue and I think we've had very few problems with the uh, with the ordinance at, at the level that it is now. Barring the fact that we find a, a major change in that, I don't see any reason to change our, our current uh, our current ordinances towards uh, uh, towards that. I mean, everybody that goes out knows that uh, if I go and get drunk and I crawl in my car and drive, I'm I'm DUI and I'm you know that I'm. I'm, uh, I've got to suffer the consequences, and they know that before they take their first drink, and we hope that they know that before they finish taking their last drink and, and they make the decision. But whether you've got open container laws or not, they're going to make the same decision. And so it's, uh, it, I think that we're, uh, it, we've, got, we've got the ordinance and we address the issue, uh, the issues, the negative part of the issue very well in the city of Reno right now, and I don't think there's any reason to change it. Good. Um, so do the economic development and redevelopment agencies help or hurt businesses that, have you worked with them or experienced anything like well, that? You know, um, economic development and redevelopment are, are very good intended or, uh, agencies. I mean, the, the, the intent when the statutes were passed uh, to establish those uh, agencies were very well intended. The, uh, the good side of those agencies is they can do exactly what they were intended to do. We can, we can improve blighted areas, uh, improve property values in those areas, create uh, new businesses in those areas that can flourish. Um, we, uh, we can make it uh, the areas more comfortable for people to visit, which draws more people to the areas. Um, and we can draw businesses from other areas through economic the economic development agencies can work to draw businesses from other areas to infill those redevelopment areas or to develop undeveloped areas. Uh, that's the intent of those agencies and it's a very good intent. The problem we get is that we broker deals uh, in an attempt to draw somebody that we want and we put those agencies in um, in a bad light or in economically poor positions because we're more intent on drawing than we are fulfilling the duty, the, the reason that those agencies were, were uh, developed. Uh, perfect examples, the baseball stadium. I love the baseball stadium. I think it's been good for downtown. The original deal on the baseball stadium was a very good sound deal for the city of Reno. Then we allowed the developer to come back and take another cut of the pie. And uh, we gave them star bonds and we gave them a bunch of area downtown to, to develop under redevelopment and, and the utilization of star bonds. They've never done that development. Then they come back again and if they'd have done that development, they'd have had more revenue to pay their bonds with um, they didn't do the development. They haven't utilized the stadium to its full extent. Um, so they come back and, and say they need more money because uh, they're, not, uh, they're not making enough money on the baseball stadium. To, 
that baseball stadium was paid for with a car rental fee. What do you mean? There was a law passed a number of years ago to establish a fund to build a baseball stadium in Reno Sparks area that was completely funded with car rental taxes. I didn't know that. And those car rental taxes are what paid for that baseball stadium. All the stuff on top of that has been stuff that our redevelopment agency and the city of Reno has negotiated with them. They're supposed to sweeten the pie, and it's got to where we're in. We're into them. Moving the fire station was the first thing. We were into them for $10 million to move the fire station. So now we owe them money that we couldn't pay because our revenue was dropping in the city. So now we're back renegotiating, 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 and they're using that as leverage to try to, to uh, make the city give them more. The, uh, that baseball stadium could have been 100% funded with that car rental tax and the city and the taxpayers of the city arena would have never had to pay a dime for it. The money was there. And that tax revenue is still coming in. Every car that's rented in, in Washoe County, the tax off of that car rental goes into that fund to pay the bonds for that baseball stadium. And that was the intent of that stuff. And, um, and but because we've misused our redevelopment, we're now on the hook to them, and they're coming to our general fund for a million dollars a year. That's the bad part of redevelopment, is that we get so intent on getting the prize that we don't understand that we've got to be able to fund that with what we get in improvements. Redevelopment areas or a redevelopment agency is funded with the increase in property tax values that are generated by the development created. So. You've got that. You've got to understand that when you're making deals, that you can't give them any more money out of your redevelopment fund than what you're going to be able to generate by the increased property values. And uh, the city of Reno has actually been better about it than the city of Sparks. Uh, you look at the city of Sparks. The Marina project has drawn all the redevelopment money off of the Audi Boulevard redevelopment district to do the developments for the Marina project. The money that was originally intended to improve Audi Boulevard was picked up out of that redevelopment agency, a redevelopment area, and put in another area to, to do an improvement that wasn't part of that redevelopment district to begin with. So redevelopment agencies are great as long as they stay focused on what their intent is. And their intent is to renew blighted areas. And those blighted areas, by renewing them, you increase property values, that increases property tax revenue. That property tax revenue that's increased there goes to the redevelopment agency to fund their projects. And they've got to maintain that narrow vision of what their intent is and what their, their obligation is. If they will do that, they can help business. They can help business grow by putting improvements in there so you got better access to the businesses by uh, improving the uh, the uh, uh, livabilities of the areas and stuff, so it can be very positive impact as long as they're not misused. If you're elected, is there anything you can do to change that vision for them? Well, the redevelopment uh, board is the city council. Okay. So uh, the decisions that are made uh, for redevelopment are made by the city council, um, and uh, and I think that our city council uh, has been misled. Uh, 
by uh, fancy figures on a lot of different developments to uh, uh, to make people believe that, or they've been led to believe that there's going to be more money generated than than is actually going to be generated there. They've been uh, very unconservative <laughs> with redevelopment funds. And, and there needs to be a closer look made at that. And once the first deal's made, that's the deal you got to stick with. You can't let them keep coming back and saying, I want more, I want more, I want more. Um, the businesses that we draw through our economic development and through our redevelopment, the, the improvements we make uh, need to be ones we can afford. They can't be ones that we have to, that we're going to put our kids on the hook for. And the worst part about it is we've put our general fund on the hook for redevelopment now, and that was never the intent of redevelopment. It was all to be funded with those property tax dollars that you generate by doing the redevelopment. So, so similarly, um, how did the the redevelopment zones, so downtown yeah. is one, and then there's like the weird L shape. <laughs> the one that goes out and picks up Cabela's. <laughs> yeah. um, are those help or hurt businesses or the city? Again, it's, it depends on what, what you do with them. I, I, be, I believe in redevelopment. I believe that, uh, that we need to continue utilizing our redevelopment uh, zones. I, I, I believe we need to continue to keep investing time and effort into to doing that redevelopment um, because if we complete it in a fiscally responsible manner, it's nothing but a positive. It's when we don't watch the pot of money that we're, we're dealing with close enough uh, and we don't watch the end. We get misled by people's anticipations um, that we that we get we start damaging business because we'll damage business if we overspend the funds that are available in, our, in those redevelopment districts. And the reason we re, that we'll do that is because number one, we can't complete the redevelopment we need to complete, and number two, we become a financial liability of those businesses because we're not fiscally responsible. And it's it's very important that our city council watch the that um, a little closer. Um, I know that a lot of decisions were made by the, the current city council and, and, the, and the previous members of the city council in good economic times and anticipations were high. Um, there was uh, a couple of people that I remember uh, talking about the uh, deals that they made on, on, on the baseball stadium uh, what they were looking at with the Sarah district there, uh, what they made in the, in the baseball stadium, Starbonds district, people looked at, uh, told them at that time, you need to make these deals under the worst possible circumstances, or the worst ideals, not on the best ideals. So we need to make our anticipation based on what we looked like in 2008 and 2009, not what we looked like in 2007. And uh, that's the when we make our decisions, we have to we have to look at that. We had financial downturns in this city before 2008. We should have been basing our, our financial decisions on those type of downturns, not on the boom that we were living in in 2006, 2007. So you kind of touched on this question, so I don't know if you have more to add or not, but 
as the casino employment declined and food and beverage places has increased, um, how would you deal with the change in the economy if it's something to deal with? I guess. Well, the reason that the the gaming employment has declined is because gaming's not the big draw anymore. Um, and we can't do away with gaming. The gaming is a very important part of our economy, uh, and and we need to to work with the gaming uh, community to to maintain uh, maintain that their uh, their viability. But at the same time that we're doing that, we have to realize that there's a trend away from people coming to Reno to game, and it's more to come and enjoy the environment, to to go up on the mountains, to enjoy Lake Tahoe, to enjoy the Truckee River, to enjoy the events that we're scheduling here. And they're not spending as much time in the casinos when they're doing that. They're doing it, They're spending more time in those developed areas that we've developed downtown uh, and, and less time in the casinos. That's a, a product of the fact that we did those developments downtown. Those, those uh, small shops and, and restaurants and coffee shops and stuff downtown, they're more comfortable for people to spend time in, especially the local residents than the casinos are. So their business is increasing, and that increase in business is going to draw business away from someplace else, and it's drawn it away from the casino industry. So the way we're going to improve the casino industry's business is by drawing more people from out of town to the community, and the way that we're going to help those, lo those small businesses is to continue to improve those areas to make them more comfortable for the locals to, to, to spend their time. Okay, so this is the longest question. <laughs> um, so much of the difficulty in establishing liquor production businesses in Nevada comes from local regulations, in addition to state regulations, mm. but you would focus on local. Some cities and government agencies, including Las Vegas, places in Colorado and Oregon, California, established programs to help the industry as far as having a guide or something like that. So what regulations, agencies, or programs might you propose to change, create, or cut as it relates to the local production industry? Well, I'm not sure what all is in place to restrict the, the production industry, but I believe that um, it's not very wise for us to put hurdles in the path of any business that wants to, uh, to develop here in the Reno Sparks area. And so if there's hurdles out there that we can help move and then I would be more than willing to help move those because I think that impairing uh, anybody from from uh, uh, establishing a business here that could be a viable business uh, within our in within our our area, I, I think that's kind of foolish given the the fact that we're trying to draw business here. It's not very smart to throw hurdles in their way. Um, the uh, there's a stigma around uh, uh, alcohol production that some people have an issue with. Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm very. Uh, I, I. I'm. Uh, I'm very interested in in uh, in uh, the the people that are doing these brew these brewing are are. are are real entrepreneurs. I, I, when we were still in Elko, I had a, a friend we uh, bought hay from, uh, and uh, he opened a brewery on his on his ranch, and 
he uh, raised his own grain for the for the beer and stuff, and uh, he didn't. There was no assistance out there for him to do that, and uh, and Elko County didn't have any any uh, hurdles for it. But but uh, he always struggled with the marketing of it and everything else, and. Uh, I always wondered why our state wasn't more willing to work with an entrepreneur that, that, that wanted to do something like that and to think that we actually would put hurdles in their way to keep them from doing it is uh, it, it just kind of amazing to me. Um, I understand that uh, some people don't think we want breweries in downtown Reno or anything, but I know that uh, in my time in, in, uh, in the military, I. Uh, every city in Germany has at least one brewery. And each one of those brewery, breweries has its own guest house. Uh, the guest house is, is a bar, a restaurant bar. Um, the only thing they serve is their own beer in those bars. Um, if you want beer, you got to drink their beer. Um, but they, uh, there's no... No negative effect from it. It's it's just a, a maybe it's a cultural difference that we Americans think that you can't have something like that. But it, it it's, it was so natural over there, and you could go out in a in a, uh, in Bamberg, Germany, for example. There's 15 different brews that you could drink in Bamberg. There was 15 different places you had to go to get those, uh, but you could go have a, a, a real nice meal. Uh, drink their uh, their their beer that they made there, um, and then they all came together for their beer festivals where you got an op, and that was their their way of drawing business to their restaurant as well as, as to sell their beer. So I d I don't understand why we would uh, try to restrict uh, that type of entrepreneurship. I think that um, I I think that sometimes. As Americans, we get way too over-involved in um, trying to protect people from themselves, and uh, and we don't let free enterprise uh, uh, and free thought uh, weed themselves out. And, and uh, so, I'm not sure which regulations, what regulations are standing in the way, but I would I I don't believe we should be standing in the way of. Most of the regulations that are local have to do with the cost involved. Mm -hmm. It's not so much the uh, regulation says you can't do something, so much as that it says you can do it if you pay this much, mm -hmm. and it's much higher than a standard business license, for example. So I believe a, like a distiller's license in Sparks is $1,000 a year. Not, I need to check that, but I'm, mm -hmm. that's what I've heard. So it's, it's things like that where, where the distiller's like, $1,000 is a lot of bottles of whatever I'm selling mm -hmm. to get to that point. Yeah, and it depends on what your production model is and everything else. And that, yeah, that you're pretty small. Or yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, like I say, I think that they're giving people an opportunity to, I mean, Sierra Ale, Ale how, how long have they been in business? I mean, that started out as a small. The one in Chico, Sierra Nevada? No, the, the, the one that started at, at Tahoe, what was the, in that Sierra Ale? If it there was one that started up at Tahoe, and it's only like 15, 20 years ago they started making it. I'm not sure there's one in Tahoe. 
any well amongst anyone. I mean, Great Basin's been around since the '90s, but that started in Sparks. Cereal is um, sounds familiar though. Well, now I'm gonna have to look that up. But they, uh, there was, I know that when when my friend over in in, uh, in Elko County was was uh, he went to uh, a beer tasting thing in Boise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it a beer tasting, not a beer fest. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's enough. because <laughs> the size of drinks are smaller that you can get. But they. Uh, there was one that was starting up in Tahoe at the same time he was starting up. Okay. And uh, and the last time I saw him, he's he's producing. Um, what do you say, one hundred and eighty thousand cases a year now, oh, is what he's producing out of his distillery in in Elko County. And he said the one that he had started up at the same time as the guy up in Tahoe had, and he was over two hundred thousand cases of beer a year. Yeah. That he was producing. And that was five, six years ago that I saw him last time. Hmm. So they may, I'm not sure. I can't, I thought it was Sierra Ale, but that, I may be wrong. There's Sierra Nevada, and that's in Chico, California. And then um, if there was a Sierra Ale, it's not open anymore. Okay. There was a Reno Beer, but that closed a long time ago. Reno Beer Company was closed around the 60s, I think. This wasn't quite that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's definitely possible. I'd, I'd have to check. I have a, there's an article online that has like a history of all the beer in Nevada, but I reference it every once in a while, but not enough to memorize it. Yeah. But there's a lot of those. Which one does he own in Elko? It's Rocky Mountain. Okay. It's Rocky Mountain Distillery. He's got, uh, let's say it's been five, six years ago I talked to him. And he's got, had six or seven different brews that, uh, Types of beer he was making at that time. His his uh, his place is actually in Clover Valley, it's out south of Wells. Okay, and I think I've definitely heard of it. I was a, if not even tried it before too. I was a cop in Wells when I met him, and, and then when I moved to Elko, uh, we had horses, and he gave me cheap prices on hay, so we'd drive all the way to Wells to haul hay instead of buying it in Elko. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, when we got done loading hay, we got to sit in his distillery and drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there anything that you want to add that I skipped over or you didn't get a chance to answer the way you wanted? No, you know, when when you first first talked to me about doing it or sent me the email about doing this, you know, and I I didn't have any idea what to expect when you sent me these questions. I started reading through them. I'm going, man, those are some of the toughest questions I've had. Um, That's good. I I wasn't sure if they were... (laughs) But, How they rated on the scale of hardness. <laughs> but you know, going going through them and, and spending some time thinking about them, you know, the vision of, of Reno that I that I have is one that draws people for different reasons. We we can't continue to to try to sell Reno as a gaming uh, destination. We have to number one. I think that may be one of the one of the problems with our uh, economic diversification is that because we try to sell it as a gaming destination, that that may be something that people resist uh, when they talk about moving their businesses here. Um, we need to sell Reno for a broader thing, and and the idea that uh, Reno can sell itself will never happen. 
if we can't overcome the differences between the city of Reno, the city of Sparks, Washoe County, Incline Village, South Tahoe, if we can't overcome all those differences and bring our region together and sell our region as one, we're never going to survive. We're never going to expand our economy. We're never going to diversify our economy. We have to quit infighting. We have to quit uh, being jealous of each other. We have to applaud the, the successes of the other areas, and we have to be willing to work together to help each other have successes. And if we don't do that, then um, we're going to continue to struggle along like we are now. Um, this area is one of the most unique areas uh, in in Western United States. It's uh, we've got. We've literally got the desert on one side of town and the mountains on the other that, that are the pristine mountains leading into the other. We've got uh, the mountains that, that are snow that on a normal year have, we've got uh, a snowpack on that, that uh, provides um, a type of recreation that uh, you can't get very many other places in the world. I mean, when, when our mountains have got snow on them, we're, we're, this is one of the best skiing and snowboarding areas in the, in the world. And on the other side, we've got some of the best open spaces for uh, other types of activities, uh, whether it's your four-wheeling or your, you know, the Mint 500 from Las Vegas, uh, in its infancy, people challenged the idea of, of doing that uh, that desert race. We have a perfect opportunity here to create something like that out of Reno. Um, uh, Norm DeAnda with his racetrack outside of town here, that he's done that by on his own and had no assistance from Washoe County, the city of Sparks, the city of Reno. That could be a huge draw for for our community. Those The guys that run those type of race rigs uh, have a lot of money. Uh, those events are uh, very, if they're advertised correctly, and and uh, they they have a large draw. And the people that watch that type of racing usually bring a lot of money with them. That's the kind of things we need to expand to draw tourists here, instead of continuing to say come to the gaming. The littlest city in the world was the gaming capital, the original gaming capital of the world, the divorce capital of the world. Those those old uh, images, we have to do away with those and create a new image of, of Reno. And we have to exploit the natural resources we have around us, the environment we have around us. We have to exploit that and sell that to draw people to our community. The people come to our community, they're naturally going to gravitate to the gaming. That's where all the hotel rooms are. So you're going to get that draw to gaming, so you don't need to advertise the gaming up front. You need to advertise events to draw people here and let gaming gain the benefit of that. Um, and we need to help those uh, people develop those type of events. And when, just like say, the, the, with the, the breweries, if they have an idea of how they can do something, we need to get 100% behind them. And to make it successful, we've got to broaden the number of breweries we have in the community. Because you can't put on an event with one brewery. You've got to have a number of them. So uh, we need to step out of their way and let them develop. Excellent.